Diana. Hey, Erin. Happy True Crime Tuesday. I think it's Thursday. Well, yeah, but this comes out on a Tuesday, and I always do the hashtag True Crime Tuesday, so happy True Crime Tuesday. Happy True Crime Tuesday. That's hard to say. It is hard to say. <laughs> so did you learn anything new this week? Um, I did. Oh? I learned something really exciting. Oh? I learned uh-huh. that Crime Crazy yeah. hit... Uh huh. Fifty thousand downloads. Woo! Yay! It's incredible because we really thought we would get however many episodes there were times three. Me and Jordan and my mom and me and times and you. four and Amanda. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but initially I had no idea that you existed. So well, that that is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Fifty thousand downloads. Fifty. Thousand That's downloads. insane. I'm pretty sure only a thousand of them are like me. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%. Mm-hmm. So uh, high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm floored. It's amazing. I, yeah. I. Hooray. Oh, it's you guys so cool. are amazing. You guys. And we love you. And I'd like to thank my mother and. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, my mother's never listened to it. Listen, uh, I learned this weekend that none of my family listens to Crime Crazy. Huh. Bunch of jerks. Huh. Which I can so, say because they're not listening. They're not listening. <laughs> I know that my mom does because I got a Snapchat the other day of her and my 13-year-old nephew in the car. And she's like, Elliot and I are listening to Crime Crazy while we drive to D.C. And I responded to everybody. I was like, this is not my fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is not intended for middle schoolers. This is not Okay. So, um, you know, out of all of the things middle schoolers could be listening to, I mean, at least our message is solid, right? No crimes. Don't do it. Although I kind of biffed that one last week, I think. <laughs> yeah. Right at the end there, you were like, don't get caught. Well, it's just the dumbest. Go to get team. Caught. Like, I no, <laughs> I still stand by it. Like, I, I like good research. Mm-hmm. I like to be thorough. Yeah. I, I like all of those things. Yeah. Structure. But it is just, <laughs> true story, it's just the dumbest way to get caught. Yeah. Like, just, come on. Yeah. So you're going to really hate mine this week, though. Oh, man. I'm I'm real unhappy about mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned something this week, what but it that? is not related to crime crazy at all. Like, at all, at all. Um, I learned... Um, okay, so actually I learned I learned a couple of things. Um, and one of them has to do with my my big story that I'm gonna tell. So I'm gonna hang on to that one. But I also learned that groups of people who are working together, like on a project or a team, are smarter if there are more women in the group. Doesn't, no shit. Right. <laughs> Wasn't even all that surprising. <laughs> 
But I did think it was pretty cool. They they talked about like IQ and you can measure all the IQ of everybody in the group and it really has no effect. But whether or not the group members are female mm-hmm. is a good indicator of what their success rate will be. Yeah. So Again, no shit. Nobody is surprised. <laughs> I also learned that my cousin Jackie has a murder room. <gasps> In her house. And so if you guys didn't go on Instagram and see that shit, you need to go do that right now. We'll wait. This is where we play Jeopardy music. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? You didn't think I was going to let Diana sing the whole minute, did you? (laughs) It's only 30 seconds. You only get 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully they were faster than that because I cut them off. Well, did you draw a little person? Don't look at my notes. I'm just, I'm, I, yes, I drew a little person. I just can't, like, Liam has turned out to be a really good drawer. He yeah. is drawing like crazy. My dad got him this really amazing art kit for Christmas and he Ooh. pulls it out constantly. And he's been putting together really great things. Like I drew a road and a tree on this one. Check that out. I just, I don't, I've never been able to get pictures in my mind out on paper out on paper so i i'm a a halfway decent like doodler Mm. i can make something look pretty and i can draw something in such a way that you can identify it so like you look at this person and you go oh that's a person right but that is where it ends so mine ends at stick figures well i mean and they're all named pierre all of them. So yeah, I, I can draw Pierre and Pierrette Pierre. and Pierre mm-hmm. Chien and Pierre Shaw and Pierre Fleur. <laughs> nice, nice. And that's about it. I can draw five things and they're all stick figures. <laughs> well, this little person's name is Amanda. <gasps> I was just thinking about the first time I met Amanda. We were at a conference. This and is not the Amanda you met. No, 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 no. But it's drawing. Um, yeah. She had, I think, like an iPad or something. And we're at this conference together and we're sitting next to each other and she's just trying the whole time. And yeah. I'm like, that is amazing. And I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. She and I used to draw notes back and forth in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And yeah. All right. So this is Amanda as well. But this is Amanda Taylor. Different. Okay? Different Amanda. You might. Well, I don't I don't know that people would necessarily recognize that name, but she has a like a moniker that um, actually um, there is an episode of Criminal Minds with a killer with this moniker. There is a then when I searched for it because I didn't have her name and I'll give you the backstory of where all this came from later, but um, I didn't have her name. So I just searched for her like killer name essentially and it uh there are a bunch of them all over the place so she's the selfie killer she's got to be a millennial well yes <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the case not that there's anything wrong with that thanks cuz you know like most of my family are millennials gen x for life <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, this is where this came from. And I'm going to try really hard not to violate anyone's privacy as I tell this story. Because there's, I mean, there's some backstory that I know I'm perfectly allowed to share. And then there is some after the public knowledge, like articles and court records and all of that, there is a new part of this story. Um, And... 
I know we can share at least parts of it, but it is also it is also pretty personal and it takes a, a really, really dark, upsetting twist. So we'll get there. But anyway, the backstory is I get a phone call the other day from Sophia's birth mom. We've talked about her. She's in prison and she's in a maximum security prison. And so in addition to people like her who have convictions for things that don't require you to be in a maximum security prison, but they're just there because of overcrowding, Mm -hmm. there are also people there who did shit like murder people. So this woman is there with her, Amanda Taylor, and she has seen her. Um, I don't know that she's ever talked to her or anything, but so Tanya calls and she says, you have to go look this up. Um, and, and she's the selfie killer. Go as soon as we get off the phone, go look it up. And then, you know, whatever she says, she's in here, like blah, blah, blah. And this thing happened this week and I have to tell you about it. And then she gives me a lot of detail, <laughs> much more than I am certain anyone really wants shared about themselves. Um, but we'll come to that at the end. So anyway, that's where the story came from. So it's not that I have a personal connection to her, but I almost feel like I have a personal connection to her. Like, well, kind just of a few degrees removed. Right. Like closer than Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was weird to research this one. It felt really weird because I've always had black and white views on crime. Like do not end up on next week's episode. <laughs> like there's no reason. And I sometimes I understand how things happen. Like you say, like mm-hmm. I see how you got there. See how you got there. But um, then when there's a person that has any amount of relation to you and you like start learning about their story, it's, I will tell you straight off, this woman's a sociopath. Like she's not okay and she is evil. Um, But it just felt very different researching this one. Like I wanted to be like, okay, but, but what, what happened? Like where, how did you you say something? Right. Like what's, what's going on? Um, And ultimately I'm not sure there's a good answer for it, but Anyway, she was born on March 27th. Uh, I could do the math and let you know which year, but it is important that it was March 27th in Christianburg, Virginia, um, which is like a, a, like at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Mm, pretty. And she met Rex Taylor in ninth grade, which is eerie because that's when my husband and I started dating. I was going to say, do you have to like pair up by ninth grade in Virginia? I think it's a law. Okay. Actually, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> Anyway, um, so she met Rex Taylor. They started dating somewhere. She met him in ninth grade. I don't know if they started dating in ninth grade, but somewhere in high school because she ended up having to drop out when she got pregnant with a baby boy. Five years later, somewhere in there, they had gotten married and then she gave birth to a baby girl. Mm -hmm. And at the time of the next event the major event that's coming here in a moment um her kids were seven and two so still pretty young young. children so she had issues her whole life and her mom did an interview where she talked about like what happened with her kid and basically said like I tried to love her like I don't know what's wrong with her she just was always angry she just always had issues I know that she was hospitalized at least twice for psychiatric Mm. things one of them comes up in this story I'm not sure what the first time was but I imagine that it was related to self-harm or anger or like some sort of behavior that was not okay um 
she and Rex were obsessed with serial killers. Okay. At Hmm. which point, I feel like we should point out that there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) That is not what made her the way she was. To a point. (laughs) To a point. So there is a photo, and she was obsessed like too much. Um, but there, there's a photo of her and her husband and I showed it to a couple of people and they were really alarmed because it, she's holding his hair, like she's grabbed it on top of his head, like she's holding his head up and he has this red gash across (gasps) his throat with like blood dripping down his bare chest. Only it's, I mean, there is no cut, like it is, it's painted on, I don't know if it's actual makeup or what it is, but like. The blood isn't coming from anywhere, and it's just a posed photo. And it's it's pretty obvious it's a posed photo, mm-hmm. but also, like, it's kind of a lot. And it makes you wonder, like, what is going on in this picture? I don't know. When my friend Joy got married, I there's a... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a photo at their wedding where I'm strangling her husband. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's okay. But yeah. there's probably no blood. Like, did you go? There was no blood. We did. We did later wrap him up in masking tape, but there was no blood. I told you guys she was crazy, right? We were like, God, I think it was 19 when she got married. <laughs> like, we, we was real young. Uh, so they were really obsessed with serial killers. There's this photo of them. You can look up all of these photos. There are tons because, like you said, she's a millennial. There, there are a lot of selfies. Yep. And she's also beautiful. Like, Really, really pretty girl, which is such a shame. But anyway, um, she fantasized about being a serial killer. Her obsession went a little far. So Rex had his own issues. Um, He was into the serial killer thing. It really seemed like everyone in her life, like she was the one that was the most into it. Mm -hmm. But he certainly did it for her at the very, very least. But he also was addicted to prescription pain medication. Mm. And so in April of 2014, they split up because of it. So at this point, she had two children who were like six and one or seven and two, somewhere right in there. Um, And Rex went back to live with his dad. His dad was 66 at the time. His dad continued to supply him with drugs. Mm. So uh, I think I was saying that I've seen pictures of his dad. His dad was 66 at the time. And he looked like he was about 156. Like he looked rough. Lived hard. Very, very skinny on oxygen. Like I feel like he must have been ill. There are some other pictures of him where he was... And I don't know how old he was. Like Rex looks roughly the same age, but he looks like a much healthier person. So there's a chance that he was ill and he went really downhill. But the reason I bring that up is because either I feel like he was abusing drugs and was happy to help his child do the same, or perhaps he was getting the drugs because he was ill and giving them to the son. Um, But anyway, it doesn't really matter, except that on August of 2014 on Rex's son's seventh birthday and he was invited to the party I don't know whether or not he went but he was invited because even though she kicked him out like they still had a decent relationship Mm -hmm. and she was still very much in love with him and wanted him in the kids lives and at some point during the day he came to his wits end he went out into the shed and he hanged himself to death 
Oh, God. Yes. So Amanda immediately, like, she's just so mad. And she there are bunches of interviews with her. Bunches of interviews with her. And she says in a number of them, like, that she really blames his father. And in one of them, she says, I know he took the drugs. And I was really mad at him when he killed himself. But ultimately, I don't think it ever would have gotten there if his dad hadn't made it so damn easy for him to get these drugs and continue on this path. Like, they could have gotten him out. Like, they're, you right. know, whatever. There's other options. Other options. But so he's dead. She's distraught. Somewhere around March of the following year... Um, And that's one of the reasons that March 27th is significant, because not only was it her birthday, it was also Rex's birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah. So somewhere around end of March, she goes to his grave and tries to kill herself Mm. on his grave. And it doesn't work. Um, She is caught. She is committed to St. Albans in Montgomery, which is a psychiatric ward. And on April 1st, even though she objected and her mother objected, they released her. I feel like if you're asking to stay in the hospital, they should let you stay. Probably. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it was after a 72-hour hold and they didn't think that she needed it. Or maybe it was, well, you don't actually have the funds to stay here. You can go to a state hospital you can check yourself into the emergency room like i don't know what the conditions were but they let her out which was a mistake so somewhere between when rex committed suicide in august and when amanda attempted to commit suicide the following march she met or at least became really close with another man named sean bell and sean bell definitely had feelings for her like Mm -hmm. romantic feelings for her they never had any kind of romantic relationship but it sounded like in his mind they did Mm. and um he he bragged about himself to her like he wanted to be exactly who she wanted him to be and so he told her that he was ex-navy special forces that he had been in combat he had killed a bunch of people all of that was just bullshit that he made up why do people think that's attractive Well, because she was obsessed with serial killers and murder and wanted to be a serial killer. And so he thought if he said those things about himself, she'd be like, okay, so you're on board with my plan to murder people. Like, you've already done it. And made up stories and everything. And it worked. I mean, she really, they were sort of a different, like her friends described them as being like soulmates, not in a romantic relationship kind of way, but like on the same page. So it worked for her. Like in a Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool kind of way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wherein one of them eventually gets cold feet, that kind. <laughs> so... They agree after she is released. uh, So between April 1st and April 4th, things progress quick. They agree to go on a killing spree. How does that come up in conversation? I suspect that was a norm in their conversation. Like all of his lies about having killed people were because she was so obsessed with murder and serial killers and wished that she was a serial killer and apparently had had plans to be to at least murder people with Rex before drugs got in the way and then he killed himself. Um, And so I think that was just normal. And then when she got out of the hospital, I don't know, maybe it was I tried to kill myself. It didn't work. I, you know, I'm so unhappy. You know, it would make me happy. 
So, so let's try something here. Uh-huh. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. You want to go kill some people? No. Cool. Yeah. Diana. Yeah. I've been kind of down lately because, you know, I just moved out here and like I don't know very many people and I'm kind of lonely sometimes and like you're great, but some days you want to hang out with other people and I just get sad. You know what would make me happy? What? A dozen puppies. You want to go get a dozen puppies? (laughs) I I mean, mean, as long as they can live here and not at my house. You know what would make me happy? What? Can we go murder some people? No. But some people made me angry. Oh, dude, yes. I mean, when you were talking about her fantasizing that she was a serial killer, yeah, I fantasize about that like every time I go to Target. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't do it. No, I just want people to not be dicks at Target. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys took it a step further than fantasizing about dicks at Target. Was their Target really bad? Their target was really bad. <laughs> also, saying the phrase fantasizing about dicks at Target could have vastly different <laughs> meanings. Yes. <laughs> All right. So back on track. Uh, they they planned and prepared for this. They went to relatives' house, houses or a relative's house. It was very unclear about which relative this was. But they stole weapons and ammunition. Uh, guns and a knife and bullets and all kinds of things. Bad gun ownership. And then, yes, on 4-4, so April the 4th, at 3.27 p.m., Mm. because that was their birthdays, they went to Charles Taylor's house, and she began to stab him. Is Charles Taylor related? Charles Taylor is Rex's dad. Okay. Yes. They went to Rex's dad's house and she began to stab him. She stabbed him several times. She had a knife that was bayonet shaped. It's, it is a very large knife. Uh, and, and so there are, there are pictures that'll come into play in a moment. But um, she stabbed him several times. He screamed a lot and kept screaming. Like he didn't. I bet. Yeah. He didn't die right away. I think at one time he was like, what are you doing? And he grabbed a hold of her hair. And I, she just got a little panicked. At which point Sean stepped in and bashed him over the head with. And the quote from her is a tire iron or like a crowbar or whatever. So some heavy tool. I was just listening to something. I don't remember what now. Really recently about somebody saying, is a tire iron ever used in vicinity of tires because it's only ever used to like to bludgeon people to bludgeon people or to like have at hand in case somebody comes in the house yes, or you know right, something like right. that i don't actually know what a tire iron does other than bludgeon well isn't it what you use to take the lug nuts off if you're changing a tire i call triple a for that well yeah no i have <laughs> no clue how to change a tire but i think that's why it's kind of like z-shaped almost or like well, yeah, that would be, I guess that would be it. I don't. And it has, so the only, <laughs> the only reason I say this is because, like, it's not sharp. Like. No, but uh, it's heavy. Yes. Yes. Heavy. Yeah. Well, it'd have to be. It'd have to be very strong to yeah. unscrew whatever. I have no idea. But either way, hit him over the head. Let's shut him up. Yeah. So she continued to stab him. She stabbed him 31 times. Wow. Yes, with this bayonet-style knife. Then when she was done, 
she posed and took a photo of her with the body and the knife, which was still actively dripping blood. The crime scene descriptions are insane. So basically there was blood everywhere. It was on the walls. It was on the photos. He had been on the couch. The couch was just saturated with Uh. blood. It was just a giant, giant mess. And in the interview later, somebody asked her, the detective asked her, you know, how did you get the blood off of you? How did you clean yourself up? And she said, well, there, there was only like one tiny speck of blood. I didn't get any blood on me. And she said, I think it was because the knife was so big. I really wasn't that close to him. Yeah. Oh, God. But she definitely stabbed him that many times. She did it personally. She did it with a knife instead of with the guns because she wanted to watch him die because she blamed him for her husband's death and she was really pissed off. Yeah. So she takes the photo. She sends the photo to a friend. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. For the purpose of posting it to the friend's crime blog. So this friend did not have a rule about not about not on his blog. Exactly. <laughs> well, so the friend then is interviewed a bunch in these articles as well, and they don't give her name because they're worried about her safety. Although I she probably only sent the photo to one friend, so like she could probably figure out who that person is. But um I don't, maybe it's safety from everybody else. Maybe that's the, the yeah, issue. Probably. Um, but anyway, sent it to the friend. The friend did not say outright that she didn't want to post a picture of the dead body that somebody she knew had just murdered. The thing that scared her off was how happy and proud Amanda looked of what she had just done. And so it was that look in her eyes and she was like, oh, shit. And so she refused to post it. And as soon as they got off the phone or like whatever, she called the police. Yeah. And she said, so. So look what I have. Right. So another reason that I don't think that this friend is such a stand up person like she's pretending to be in some of these articles is because she doesn't. She does from that point on try to help the police catch Amanda, but she also does it in kind of a self-serving way. Like she has this crime blog. She posts about murderers. Now she knows a murderer personally. And like that stuff doesn't not end up on on her blog. Like she's happy to use that as publicity in some ways. That's gross. Yeah. So... um. She So she calls the police and she tells them, you know, whatever, my friend has done this. I have the photo. Like, I know the guy is dead. Like, she looks scary. I think she's going to murder more people. She's going to hurt other people. Like, you have to go do something. So Amanda goes on the run. Her plan is to continue this spree. Like, that was, she has gotten her revenge. She feels great. She is ready to go out and hurt everybody she can. Wow. So... They get on the Blue Ridge Parkway. They 
are able to be tracked by the police through security cameras. They have sort of an idea of the area they're in and they, they're able to track their movements. They go and they buy gas. They stop somewhere and they buy ammunition. They stop in Tennessee at a hotel, which is like a really shitty hotel. They spend the night. At some point, Amanda photographs one of the guns sitting in her lap and posts it to social media, I think to Instagram. And she says, all right, it's about time. I'm going to find my husband in hell and finally be in peace. And she... <laughs> Still no. <laughs> she, she was good with it. So that's why I said this was going to make you mad because she just posts it on there. I mean, her intent was to have the initial murder picture with her face in it posted on her friend's blog. Like she has no desire to cover this up. See, I think we finally hit one where I'm like, I don't see how you got there at all. No, I understand being like, she was very in love with her husband. She was really distraught when he died. She needed somebody to be angry at. Like, I get that. But even like, so, all right, maybe I can even like kind of understand how you got there with murdering the dad. If you really had some reason to believe or you were just so emotionally distraught. But like now... Now yeah. you're just going to go hurt random people because it was fun and you always kind of wanted to be a serial killer. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I can see as far as the dad, like not how I would have gone about it. No. And it's a tenuous kind of, my husband committed suicide. Well, it's because he had a drug problem. It was totally his problem, but his dad didn't stop it. Well, or, you know, if you're, if you're right in thinking that maybe he either supplied via his own illness or if... Right. Or if it was a family tradition. Well, or even if, you know, like he knew his kid had a problem and still left him out on the kitchen table, you know, just was careless. Right. You know, okay, yeah, I can see being mad, but not like stabbing mad. Right. And... And yeah, that was a very bloody, awful, it wasn't like, it it wasn't how women normally kill at all, but it also wasn't like, I'm mad at you, I want you to hurt, so I'm going to kill you. It was, I would like blood to be strewn all over the place. Well, it was, it was personal. She wanted to hurt him as much as she perceived that he had hurt her. No, absolutely. Well, and she couldn't take her anger out on Rex. He's gone. And she tried to take it out on herself and she wasn't successful there. And then so, but either way, like she was having issues long before her husband committed suicide. Right. So she tells Sean that she wants to kill more people and she is all into it. Sean, on the other hand, starts getting some cold feet Sure. Right. Fair. He has helped her take revenge. She was way excited by it. Maybe this is not a good relationship to be in. Mm-hmm. So they stop at a rest stop and she says, look, there are two college girls over there. I'm going to go get them and bring them back to the car and you're going to kill them because, honey, we need the money and I need to kill someone. Because college kids known for having known all sorts for of money. money. Yes. <laughs> And so she brings them over to the car and he refuses to kill them. He's like, you know what? Uh, No, not going to do that. Imagine being one of those girls where like this woman, whatever, brings an excuse, brings her over to this guy and then they bicker 
about whether they're going to be killing these two people. These two people. Right. Well, she gets pissed. Like, how dare you? You're a traitor. And they let the girls go or the girls get away or something. She gets into the driver's seat and takes off with Sean in the car. And she's just getting madder and madder. Some point during their ride, Sean like closes his eyes, falls asleep a little bit. I don't think he knew what situation he was in. Yeah. She pulls the car over. He doesn't wake up. You know, I, they're on the run. He's probably exhausted. Sure. She gets out with the gun, walks around to the passenger side, and she's going to kill him. But then a jogger catches her eye. And so she fires the gun at the jogger. She doesn't hit the jogger. There's some doubt about whether there was a jogger there at all or she was just trying to like wake up Sean, whatever. Yeah. He wakes up, gunshot right outside his window. That'll do it. She points the gun in his face and she tells him that she was only ever using him for his guns and his car and that now she's going to shoot him and she hopes he dies. And then she shoots him in the face. <gasps> he falls out of the car. He's on the ground. She takes a photo of him. <sighs> then she gets back in the car and she drives away. So from that point on, she calls her friend, the one with the blog, off and on from different burner phones. And after they talk, she always gets rid of the phone and gets another one. So I'm not real sure where all this money's coming from, but she has enough money to keep buying new phones. Those the college girls right. they didn't kill. Those flush college students. Right. <laughs> um, every time she gets off the phone with her friend, her friend immediately calls the cops and updates them and where she is and what's going on. Finally, she's in North Carolina when the cops catch up to her. So her friend is on the phone with her when she sees the cops. And Amanda starts telling her friends, I am going to go down shooting. I'm not going to let them take me alive. Like there's, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like this is the end, whatever. And her friend is talking her down and, you know, no, you'll never get to come home if you go out shooting. Like they'll kill you and you'll never get, we'll never see you again and on and on and on. And the reason that I know exactly what was said in this exchange is because the friend fucking recorded it. Ugh. which and I think the reason that this bothers me so much is because I'd have to have a serious I wouldn't because in the heat of the moment I would never if I was in this kind of serious situation it wouldn't occur to me that like man that would make a really really awesome podcast no but thinking about it I'm like I joke with people like hey, if you ever do that, I'm going to podcast about it, right? And right. so I just am horrified that somebody had that thought and did it. And I assume those were her motivations. I, well, I it wasn't because like the police had put a recorder on her line for evidence or like she article, was recording the it. The article said she recorded it. And there is audio. The police got it eventually. But you can hear you can hear their conversation and then she pulls over and then you can hear the police shouting at her and they are terrified. They have been warned like she's going around killing everybody. She killed. She tried to kill her partner. He didn't die, by the way. Um, I bet he's real messed up. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So she also had been in contact with ISIS at some point and like had sent them a bunch of information or like a bunch of emails or letters like or something. The ISIS? Yeah, she didn't get a response. 
Was she trying like Isis at gmail.com? I, you know, I'm not sure. Like, there are so many things about this story that I'm thinking about. I don't know how to do. I don't actually really know what a tire iron is. <laughs> I don't know where to get a burner phone. Walmart. It's oh. just any of those phones that don't have a plan where you can just put money on them. Okay. And call and then pitch them when you're done. Okay. So now I know that. Yeah. I don't know how to fire a gun. I don't know how to fire a gun either unless it's exactly like it looks in the movies. Right. There's like the thing on the top. Right. Right. (laughs) It makes the noise. Right. It goes click and that's how you know they're serious. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know how to break into places. I don't know. Like I there are just so many things I don't know how to do here and I don't know how to get in touch with ISIS. I don't know that she knew how to get in touch with ISIS either. <laughs> she later says, like, I was obsessed with them for a hot second, but, like, I didn't want to go blowing people up or anything. I just wanted to talk to them. So, hmm. Now I kind of do want to email ISIS at gmail.com and see what happens. I feel like some <laughs> bored kid somewhere would totally get back to you. Well, uh, so do you remember? Also, you'd be on a government list. <laughs> so much so. Well, but the, so no, I bet that email address exists and it is a person. Yeah. Because ISIS is also like an Egyptian I mean, yeah. god. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago at one of the pride parades, there was a flag that some group had made to look like an ISIS flag, but it was all like dildos and, you know, and all that kind of uh-huh. stuff. And so it was another podcast I was listening to found out about this and they're like, Oh, I bet somebody on Etsy has done the same thing, but it's all like Egyptian. <laughs> like yeah. Art. So, yeah. So I bet somebody does have ISIS at gmail.com and I bet that they get some weird shit. Well, they probably got some emails from Amanda Taylor yeah. is my guess. Um, yeah. So the police are understandably panicked when they pull her over and it's, it's, I've been watching live PD because of Miss Jordan. I don't know what Live PD is. Live PD is a show where they, it's so awful. (laughs) (sighs) What is the word for what this friend did where she was willing to record her good friend being arrested to like promote herself? What is that word? Fucking horrifying? Well, yes. And that's sort of how Live PD is as well. No, there's like this word for like self-serving in like a gross way. I don't, it doesn't matter. That's sort of how I feel about it. Like, A, it's really boring. Uh, Jordan, I love you, but nothing good ever happens. It's like drunk drivers and like some woman crying because her neighbor reported that there was a domestic incident going on, but her husband never hit her and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just really lame. Um not that I want to see anything worse than that, but like also, why am I watching this? Right. Like, I'll watch a really shitty reenactment on Forensic Files instead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Um, but it, so the reason I bring that up is because there are cops and they are arresting people. And every once in a while, it's like a kind of serious situation. Someone with obviously like over drug use or major mental illness is in a situation where they have to yell at them. Mm-hmm. And, and there's the cop voice. It's like the teacher voice, right? Mm-hmm. When you're yelling at it's someone. Like the mom voice. That is not how this cop sounds on the recording. He is terrified. Oh. He is terrified and he is going to like disarm her and get her out of the way as fast as possible. Everyone's going to die. Like he was very concerned. So, so there's that. Uh, so they 
they arrest her. Later, she complains. She doesn't feel like they treated her very nicely as they were arresting her. They didn't let her put the car in park. They didn't let her take her own seatbelt off. They, like, ripped it off of her and pulled her out of the car. Poor baby. And Aww. I know it's did they, rough Did when they at least murderer. bring her, like, a donut? No, no donuts. Oh, man. No. They did give her a soda, actually. That is actually nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they put her in a room and they stick her in there and they're recording her right while she's sitting in the room. And I guess they thought that it was going to be a difficult interrogation. Like they let her sit in there and they gave her a soda and she's twirling her hair and drinking her soda. And at one point she like throws her head back and because she's so bored, but she is not worried at all. Not concerned. So they come in and she just tells them what she did. In her mugshot, when they process her, she's smiled. She has the biggest smile on her face. She is happy as can be. And then while she's confessing, no remorse whatsoever. So all of those are also recorded. In addition, at some point between her arrest and her trial, a reporter calls. And uh, he is from Chris Hurst from Channel 7 News calls and talks to her and she gives him hours of audio they talk for a long long time so there must be some special arrangement for reporters otherwise this took place over many days of 20 minute phone calls because at 20 minutes they cut you off right thank you for using yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so during this interview they she learns that sean is not dead Um, she tells them the story about how she doesn't have any blood on her because of the big knife. She gives them all the details and I have some quotes from her that are horrifying. After the interview, they lock her up. She goes to trial. They expect it to take two days. It takes 10 hours. Wow. She, um, does not plead guilty even though she has confessed to everything but we'll come back to that in a second she they use the the taped interviews against her I mean she confessed to everything to the cops they have photos of her with the dead guy photos of Sean she says the reason she took a photo of Sean is because she was worried that she'd like shot him in the eye and that maybe he was missing his eye and that grossed her out but it was easier for her to look at the photo of him on her phone so she took a photo so she could see if she'd shot out his eye that was her reasoning that is upsetting different yeah that's the worst insult in minnesota by the way (laughs) after 30 minutes of deliberation they find her guilty of first degree murder i'm sorry i believe they found her guilty as fuck yes (laughs) guilty as fuck but they couldn't put that in the court document so of first degree murder was substituted so maybe that's the legalese for as fuck yes They then got to deliberate on her um, her sentence. 75 minutes this time. So some, some discussion or weighing of... Is it because they were waiting for lunch to arrive? I think it might... Maybe they were just eating lunch. Yeah. yeah. Life, no parole. Good call. Yes. Sean Ball, who was not dead, got uh, did a plea deal for 60 years, suspended after 41 years. So once he's been in prison for 41 years, he can go home. So, here are some horrific things that she said. Alrighty. You ready? 
She said that killing Charles Taylor, her father-in-law, was like her first roller coaster ride because of all the nerves and the feeling of, like, freedom. That's how I felt. It was very different than what I had in mind. It's not what you see in the movies. That's the most alive I've felt since Rex died. I was very happy. I was very happy just to finally get all that built up hate and anger and all those feelings out on him. When I stabbed him, I didn't see anything. He just looked at me and he was like, what are you doing? She deadpans this and all these interviews are taped. You can go and watch. I watched some of them today again and it was horrific. She had a very different first roller coaster experience than I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was terrified and almost lost my glasses. <laughs> she was thrilled and only got a tiny bit of blood on her. I don't think I got any blood on me that well, I you didn't remember. Ride Apollo's chariot. But I've also never been on a roller coaster since. Oh, I, I love roller coasters. I, they nope. make me sick, but nope. I love them. Nope. There's nope. one nope. at Bush nope. Gardens that makes me pass out every time. No. <laughs> nope. Don't like rides. So the the detective at one point informs her that this is, you know, it's felony murder and it's punishable by, and he's, you know, life in prison or possibly the death penalty. Like this is a really big deal because she's just fine. She's not crying. She's not emotional. She's not terribly excited. He said it was sort of like she was explaining to him how she baked a loaf of bread. Like she's just telling him the details and like twirling her hair, whatever. Like she's just not connected to this at all. And so he tells her how serious it is. And she goes, well, do you get to choose? Because I'd rather just take the death penalty. I kill people. I deserve to die too. It's better if I just go. That would be best for my children if I could just take the death penalty and go. I don't, again, I don't know anything about our legal system, but I don't think you get to express a preference. No. You can ask to not have one or the other. And if they are feeling particularly merciful, because maybe you're not evil incarnate, which is what the judge called her, then, you know, maybe. But no, you don't get to choose. <laughs> There's no way. No. So they ask her why she took pictures with her dead father-in-law, because that's a dumb thing to do. Right. She says, I was just really excited. And I was like, hey, I'm going to take a picture so I can post it and show everyone. It was just something I, it made me really happy. I have absolutely no remorse for what I did to Charlie Taylor at all. I did exactly what I wanted to do. Wow. Wow. So after all that, she did plead not guilty. And the detective in the case said that it was 100% because she wanted her story told. And if she took a plea deal, it's not news. Like, it's news for a second, and then it's gone. But if she goes to court and, like, tries to put up some sort of defense, then she gets to appeal. She gets to tell people about this forever and ever and ever, which is what she wanted. She wanted the attention. So oh here's what God. happened to her a couple weeks ago. So at this particular prison, they're having a real, real big problem, as they do in a lot of prisons, I'm sure, with drugs getting into the prison. Sure. And there are all kinds of theories where they're coming from. Of course, everybody, all the prison officials are like, well, it has to be coming in through visitation because it can't be coming in through the mail. They don't ever get to touch their mail. Like, Amazon's not shipping it to them. Like, visitation. 
Um, then of course all the all the couldn't be the guards or well, I was gonna say that's that's what all the prisoners say. So well, it's the guards. So I've seen Orange Is the New Black. Right, right. (laughs) So it doesn't actually matter, but at least some of the convicted felons in this prison uh, believe that it's coming in through visitation as well. They are strip searched before and after all visitations in all prisons in Virginia now. This was a a brand new law. It didn't used to be that way. And because they're contact visits. So like before, make sure you don't have anything that you're slipping out. And then Mm -hmm. afterward, make sure you're not bringing anything in. So if you're a woman and you want to bring drugs in, what you got to do is get the drugs and shove them inside yourself without yeah. anyone noticing before you are strip searched because you are not cavity searched. That's okay. a whole thing. So when Amanda had a visitation, she went back to her building and they they have rooms. They're not really cells. Like it's not bars. There are big heavy doors and whatever else, but they usually are a couple people to a room. People on her hall thought she had gotten drugs at this visitation and that she'd put them inside of herself and she wasn't sharing. And so four or five girls took her into a room and blocked off the door and proceeded to do horrific things to her, including raping her with objects and then taking a razor blade (gasps) and cutting her open (gasps) to try to find the drugs. Oh, Eventually, they Wait, gave up. But there's already an opening. Yeah, but they just needed to be able to really look around. I guess. Oh Christ! Uh, maybe they. Th- I, I. I don't even know. <sighs> Lots of violence, anyway. I mean, there are some rough people there. <laughs> yeah. So eventually, they left. She, of course, was screaming bloody murder the whole time. She's being attacked, like sure, and worried probably that she was going to die. And I'm sure that it was, you know, all of these horrible, horrible things. So afterward, they all left. They find her. They take her to. They actually had to take her offsite to the hospital. She was there for a while. She came back, spent a long time in the prison infirmary, and she finally was put back. And now she's back in general population. Her attackers are in solitary until their investigation is is concluded and they will have criminal charges pressed against them mm-hmm. which is not always the case you can break laws in prison and just get like points against you right <sighs> so holy moly so that is my depressing and horrifying tale uh, and I am definitely going to post some pictures. The The one picture of her with Charlie Taylor, the, the man that she did murder, and the knife is the only versions of it. And I didn't search terribly much because I really didn't want to see a dead body. Uh, but the versions of it I saw, it looks like it's probably the original picture, but he's cropped out of it because it's definitely her with the knife. And it was definitely taken on like a low quality cell phone kind of. And so I think it is it is the like legitimate mm-hmm. picture. And it didn't sound like she took a series of pictures. It sounded like she. So I think he's just cropped out and he's probably down on the, the side. Um, but we will have to post some of them because... She she is an interesting girl. Like, yeah, I don't know what I would picture if I hadn't seen her first. I don't know what I'd picture her as. But yeah, also, she has an amazing tattoo on her chest. (laughs) Like it's right at the base of her neck, like on her collarbone. And then it sort of flares out like a a chest piece, like um, 
And I don't know what it is. It's just decorative, but it's very, very pretty. Wow. I'll have a look. I know. She also has a bunch of other tattoos that are less pretty. I think one of them is her husband, um, mm. which is sad, but. I was, uh, was going to get a tattoo for Jeff. Mm-hmm. And then the artist I talked to about it talked me out of it because it won't age well. So we were talking the other day about, well, now what do we do? Like, we were both pretty settled on, on that one. Right. But he didn't talk you out of getting any tattoo, the specific one. That just that specific yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so now we're kind of, obviously, because she tattooed me elsewhere the same day. But, right. But no, just that specific one. She said wouldn't age well. And she's right. I didn't even think about that. Um, but so we were talking about it and I said to him like, what if I just do a portrait of you like right here? Cause those always turn out so well. Oh, so good. <laughs> and yes. he's like, no. Yeah. I saw someone recently with a baby tattooed on them and you always see like on those lists, like on Dipley, there's always the tattoos that people really regretted, blah, blah, blah. And it's always these scary ass babies. And I saw one in person oh! and I was like, how, how do I take a picture of this person? <laughs> Because this is a person who is willing to go to the kind of tattoo shop that did that tattoo. And they might kill me. (laughs) Which is totally not an okay thing to say. But but. I also, I would have very strong feelings if that were my tattoo. And if someone photographed it, I might kill them. Well, that wasn't heartwarming. No. uh -uh. (laughs) I know how you don't like heartwarming stories. So I found a love story that ended in lots of blood. And there you go. Happy birthday. I know it's not your birthday. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we're, we, we are quite past that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Diana, is your story heartwarming? No. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. I just was worried. You were talking about heartwarming stories. No, no, no. And... It is from my home state of California, though. Ooh. Uh, Demas Velasquez. Sorry, guy. <laughs> yes. He owns some rental property in Sacramento. And last November, he evicted the current tenants because they hadn't paid rent in a year. I feel like he was being generous with them. No kidding. Uh, Apparently, they left the place just a a mess. He ended up hiring people to renovate the house. And they hauled away seven trailers of trash. And it sounded like these people had only lived there for like a year. That's insane. They, also, do you think my landlords will let me live here for a year without paying rent? Because my rent's kind of expensive. <laughs> um, so no, I think they would let you live here about three months. Without. <laughs> I think that's the law in Minnesota. But California, they have some different laws. They have. They just make up their own shit as they go. Totally do. But so apparently they they left a real shit pile. Um, seven trailers. Probably literally. Oh my God. Maybe they didn't talk about that, but I was thinking like we cleaned out our garage last week and we got a bagster. Yeah. And we've, we filled about seven trailers of trap. Oh my God. Yeah. You wouldn't even be able to walk through. I mean, all of our, all of our belongings fit in a pod. Like that's not trash. That's like everything I own. Right. And and I don't know, I guess I don't know what kind of trailers because I'm thinking like a tractor trailer <laughs> well yes first of all but i mean i suppose it could just be like a pull pull behind the car trailer but yeah. still you get a lot in a trailer yeah anyway a lot of stuff a lot of crap so the the contractors were renovating the house getting rid of all the garbage and that is when one of the workers found a leg sticking out of the ground oh my god 
I feel like lately all of my stories at some point I've said something like, and then they found the bodies. Right. <laughs> and then she shot him in the nape of the neck. Right. He shot her in the nape of the neck. Nape of the neck. Yeah, no, all of your, I, I've noticed that I'm going along, I'm like, okay, backstory, backstory, but I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I think we found my pattern. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they called the police. Thank God. Yes. As you do. At, at what point was this in the seven trailers? Was it like in the middle and they had no, taken No, it was, it was near the end. Like that house was so shitted up that they, um, the leg was sticking out of the ground and apparently the backyard was just a nightmare. So they, I mean, even before this. So no, they were cleaning all up and they said it was near the end of the cleaning that, that they found oh, the leg. Wow. That sucks because you have destroyed so much potential. I mean, not that you probably could have gotten anything out of that amount of shit, but like... So much. It's it's like when people hide a body in a closet in a hotel room and the maids come in and they the oh, clean everything. Yeah, comes in and cleans everything and then yeah. they've they've vacuumed up every trace of so and so and uh, I think we will find that it doesn't much matter. Oh, okay. Because he had a photograph of himself with the killer. No <laughs> No, because the <laughs> there was an order to things. Okay. <laughs> I can just imagine though how exasperated that landlord must have been like he hasn't gotten paid he's got a rental property that now he has to pay a ton of money to clean and renovate and make up and then there's a fucking leg sticking out of the ground right he's like me yesterday right before i whacked my head on that tree it's like okay so first i cracked my phone and then i did this and then i did that and the house isn't closing and then i fucking hit my what (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> so yeah this poor guy must have been like god damn it <laughs> yeah now i have another thing so i think they called the police yes the homicide investigators used some different stages of verification and determined that the remains were human and over the next two days the entire body was unearthed from the backyard okay i'm confused you said a leg was sticking up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Was it just bone? I think so, yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like some dude's foot was sticking out of the ground and they were like, well, we need to make sure this is human. No, they it, it didn't seem to have flesh. They weren't 100% sure that the remains were human. Okay. They did a bunch of tests on that. Um, and the other thing that they were looking at is, were they ancient bones? Had oh. they uncovered, like, was it a, a burial farm site. with a family graveyard or, you know, something like right. that? Okay. So they also determined that the remains were not ancient, that they, they seemed to be recent-ish. Within the last... 365 right yeah i don't know where that ancient is but they were you know newish newish and they were uh, initially treating it as a just a suspicious death okay but upon a further investigation i couldn't really find more details about what kind of investigation they upgraded the investigation to a homicide Less than a week later, Michael Christopher Sager, who was 22, was identified as a potential suspect and taken into custody. It is believed that he fatally stabbed his housemate, Joseph Michaels, who was 24, after a verbal argument sometime between June 8th and June 15th of 2015. All right. Tell me again when this story started. Last November. 
Okay. So I'm assuming that being able to pin it down to that date had more to do like with when the last time they saw this dude was and less to do with like this body was killed between June 8th and June 15th. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) It's not quite like bones in the real world. No, not quite. It's apparently 438. Yeah. (laughs) So they got in an argument. He stabbed him, buried him in the backyard. A missing persons report was never filed for Michaels. Okay. What is it with you and finding all of these people that like no one gives two shits about? Like, no one cared? Wait for it. Oh, no. So, this story, I didn't, I don't remember where I found it. Um, but I was looking for it. There's not a ton of information. Like, stuff's still going on with it. Because it, it was just it was, last November yeah. that the body was found. Um, so, there, there are a lot of details missing. But I did find a GoFundMe hmm. that was set up by the victim's aunt. Okay. That gave some additional details. So according to this GoFundMe set up by the victim's aunt, Michaels, who is the dead guy, right, lived with his sister Taylor, right, and her boyfriend, Sanger, right, Sager, Sanger. God damn it! I wrote it both. And her boyfriend, the bad guy, and her boyfriend, the bad guy. Okay. So apparently. Girlfriend and boyfriend, and this is a quote from the GoFundMe, fabricated a story to the rest of the family and pretended that he, Michaels, had met a girl, slowly moved his belongings out of the home as if he, as if Joseph had been coming home, said he moved in with a girlfriend and her parents to a town outside of Sacramento and stated that he was angry with another family member about something, which is why he was not making contact with anyone, all of which were complete lies. Wow. There's an episode of Criminal Minds like that. No, there's not. It's different. (laughs) But that's elaborate and clever. Like, it would have to sort of be in his character, I would think, to work, which apparently worked, right? I mean, if he was never reported missing, that whole, like, I'm going to cut everybody off because I'm pissed with somebody kind of thing. But, like, they covered their, their bases pretty well there. Did they? Didn't. Or did he have a shitty family? Well, mm-hmm. so here's what happened. Brother and sister live together with sister's boyfriend. Yes. The two men get in a fight. Yes. Boyfriend stabs brother. Yes. Buries him in the backyard. Yes. Boyfriend goes to sister and brother's family and's like, Hey, he met a girl. He moved somewhere around Sacramento, so not far away. Right. He hates somebody and isn't going to talk to any of you. And the entire family went, all right. Well, and sister was happy. Wait, she his sister or his? The dead guy's sister. Dead guy's sister. So sister is happy to yeah. Sister went go along went in on this. all of this. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yes, definitely, he has a shitty family. But also, it must have been at least kind of believable to. I mean, there had to be somebody in his life that bought that. Uh, everybody 
bought it. Well, or didn't care. But Well, so it goes on. Approximately two years after the unknown murder, Joseph's bones surfaced in the backyard when the landlord was doing yard work. We now know why we could not find Joseph on any social media, internet searches, etc. Call the cops. Right? I... uh... Yeah. So this is another instance of an aunt who clearly didn't know this kid. Right. Running her fucking mouth. Yes. And trying to collect money. And trying to collect money, which is funny because the GoFundMe asked asked for $12,000 to cover burial costs once the body's various parts are reunited because they're at labs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but as of yesterday, when I last checked, only $725 had been raised. Well, that's depressing. And but the- also, like, yes, that that's a good fine. That's a funeral cost. But like... You didn't report him missing. You're not spending that on a funeral. Well, also, fuck you. Yeah. You know, you didn't care enough to even vaguely look for him or try to contact him or try to look at his social media and you noticed that he wasn't active. And then now you're all verklempt over the fact that he was found (laughs) in the backyard. And now you want to raise money. And I bet she's all fucking butthurt that nobody's throwing down for this funeral. Right. And also, like, got key details wrong, like, you know, his age and stuff. Oh, my God. So, I mean, uh, I love my aunts. Yeah. But they're not in on my day-to-day. Like, none of these things. No. I also like to think that if at some point they're like, man, we haven't heard from Diana in a couple of years. Then, you know. Yeah. Do something about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I... I'm trying to think. I mean, like, I'm not terribly close with any of my aunts. I think they would notice if I was not on Facebook. Right. But I don't know that they would worry about it. But if they did, they'd call my parents. Like, my parents would worry about it. Well, and that's the thing. Where are these people's parents? Right. Where is his job? Where are his friends? Yes. Where is anybody? Yes. Why didn't anybody notice that there had to be, like, blood and stuff in that? Because they lived in the rental house. They moved out, left him buried in the backyard. They were not the bad tenants with all the garbage. Those oh, were the next people. Yeah. So maybe those people were just trying to, I don't know, cover up the stench. <laughs> like, I right. Don't know I mean, do, if they but replaced a little carpet, but not carpet padding, or if they, you know, bleached everything, but it's still in the floor or whatever else. Like, I know that the next people, that's not why they were that filthy, but no, maybe like, that's why they didn't notice is because they were that filthy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But just like, I have to again ask where are the people yeah maybe we are just a whole lot luckier than we think we are with our our social networks and our family and our like maybe there are lots of there probably are lots of people who don't have people but the, he lived with people yeah but the people he lived with were yeah they, fine. Were, ter- they were terrible yeah they were fine with that but didn't he have like if I went missing, like, if I, well, this is a bad example, because if I don't go home tonight, like, Jeff will notice. But, right, but right. But if... If you went missing and, and there wasn't anyone at home that was... Right. They didn't exist. Well, no, but even if, like, if tomorrow I decide to go to the office and I don't make it to the office... Right. Like, you would probably notice I am missing first. Yeah. I mean, not not necessarily you specifically, but like work would notice. Yeah. That I didn't 
show up or I'm not answering my email or they can't get in touch with me. No, I I honestly might. I honestly might notice that you're missing first because I'm thinking of the people who are likely to slack you tomorrow and our boss is gone. And not not only likely to slack me, but know that like, I'm not taking tomorrow off. I'm not doing well, anything. Right, right, you know, right. like if if you communicate with me, I'm probably going to get back to you relatively quickly because you know I don't have anything going on going on tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, and yeah, and even even if you did, it wouldn't be that many hours before I'd be like, I "Wonder if she's okay." Like I've right. heard, you know, maybe I'll just. Maybe I'll actually, text her or Marco Polo her or right. I was see say, if she's checked our mutual email or, you know, right. any of these things. Text her husband, except that I don't actually have Jeff's phone number. So probably I should do that. We should probably get the yeah. phone numbers. Yeah, that's probably a good plan. That's probably a good plan. <laughs> but so even if for whatever reason you didn't or you figured I was doing something. Well, and I would, I would contact our boss. Like I honestly would, if I didn't hear from you for a couple hours tomorrow, I would text her and I'd say, Hey, I know you're not at work, but did Diana have something going on today? Like, where is she? Yeah. Even outside of social networks and all of that, like someone, somebody would notice before two years. Yes. And why didn't any family, and I don't know how big his family is, Mm -hmm. but why didn't any family member try to reach out and be like, what happened? Right. Is it me? Like, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, I can, I know a lot of families don't deal with their issues. Certainly mine doesn't. But, <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't let a close relative like that just not. Yes. Well, and if you are the relative close enough that you are planning the funeral and paying for it, as this aunt is at least pretending to be, then surely you have a responsibility to check on that person at some point. Right. And I... Well, and to not just take the story. Yes. What do you mean he met a girl and moved somewhere in the metro area... But right. doesn't want to talk to us anymore. Like, where did he move? Is he like, is he safe? Does he need anything? Well, or like, do you know where he works? Can I see him there? Can I email him? Is right. his Facebook active? You right. know. So, and then also, there was no family event or friend event or anything that happened during the time that he was missing that no one knew he was missing, that they were like, I know he's mad with the family, but I feel like he would want to know that his sister had a baby. Right. Can somebody get him a message and let him know this happened, that his grandma passed away, that his, you know, something. Right. Right. Yeah, that's shitty. It is shitty. And he has a not super uncommon name, I mean, even when I was researching, when I was Googling his name, like I had to be super specific because there are lots of them. Right. Um, But yeah, just everybody's like, all right, he hates us. That's okay. Right. Like, uh, yeah, that's, that sucks. It's super sad. And I know there are shitty people. I mean, like the woman in my story is a shitty person. Yeah. But I got to think that even... She has people that would come looking for her. Like, right. Someone would notice. Yeah. God, she had two men that were like, you know what? You want to be a serial killer? It's cool. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> so the GoFundMe is not going well. 
Singer. We would like to discourage you from participating in this particular event. Yes, please. Sager pleaded not guilty to Michael's murder. He is still being held without bail at Sacramento County, Maine Jail. Hmm. According to the GoFundMe, which has not recently been updated, the next court date was set for May of this year, but I haven't been able to get a more recent status. Right. Yeah, that kind of thing is hard because there are all kinds of reasons why it could be pushed back and, you know, not even everybody involved necessarily knows. And so is that the story that a couple weeks ago you were like, so I was researching this one and it was just a little one and then I was really mad at the family. Is that, that was the, the one. Yep. Okay, good, good. <laughs> I got to keep up with this because I only ever get little tiny hints. And sometimes it's weeks before I get to hear the story. Oh, it's just the worst. Diana's a tease, guys. A tease. I always have been. <laughs> I can't speak to that, but I would look for her if she's missing. Mm. Thank you. I would look for you. Thanks. So I have one more thing to talk about Ooh, before we get on to some exciting stuff like shout outs and whatever else might be going on in our world. Um, my exciting thing to talk about is an update and it before you get all your hopes and, and dreams like shattered by this, it's not a it's not a huge, terribly impactful update, but it is a positive one. Okay. So our very first ever episode. I don't know if you will remember this because at this point you were just a listener, which is not a just an anything because our listeners are fantastic. But I wasn't even at that point though. I wasn't a listener for months. Oh, that's true. But I assume that you've listened to it. You've gone back and listened to all the episodes, right, Diana? I have, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So the very first episode that we did, Jordan did the Colonial Parkway murders. And this was really important for us because we were 40 minutes from the Colonial Parkway. And when I started driving, it was still something that parents and teachers told new drivers. If you are on the parkway and you're getting pulled over, put your flashers on, slow down, but do not stop. Never, ever, ever stop on the parkway. If you have a flat tire, try to get off the parkway. Don't pull out on any of these like scenic out overlook kind of things. Like don't stop on the parkway because somebody will murder you. Wow. And it's because that happened four times. Um, possibly more than four, but there are four that they're definitely tied together, right, as the the victims of the Colonial Parkway serial killer. And I believe, and actually I downloaded a book um, today on, on Audible that I'm going to listen to that is one of several books that were written specifically about this event or this time period. And um, and so I'll be a little bit more knowledgeable. Jordan did the research on this one, so I, I know some things. But anyway, I believe everybody that was murdered, they were all couples except possibly for one person that I'm not sure was one of the victims or not, but they were all couples and most of them were like stopped probably parking or like, you know, something. But anyway, so that, that was the big sort of local thing that happened. Well, there's no, there's no solution. There are several suspects. There are camps of people who believe it was this person or they're certain it was this person. So this past week, there is a Facebook group that is families of the Colonial Parkway murder victims. And they 
they are very active. I'm really impressed. Like they have a pretty good following and they keep people updated and they, you know, they'll post if like there are a couple of podcasts that have covered them and they, um, there's some books that have been written. That's how I found this book. Did they post about us? Uh, no, but we're going to remedy that. (laughs) (laughs) So they posted this week that law enforcement contacted the families to let them know that in three out of the four crime scenes, they found the suspect's DNA or who they think is the suspect's DNA. And, um, there, there are lots of questions now. For one thing, CODIS is famously backed up. So it's not like they then tested it and found the murderer and happy ending. Also, there isn't any clarity around whether or not these samples are the same DNA or whether they just went back through, looked, realized, hey, there's DNA at these three crime scenes that could potentially be the murderer. Um, They also, there's a little bit of ambiguity about whether or not they have had this DNA for some time or whether it was just discovered. So they're not sure if it was just discovered or if it was just told to the families like maybe they're going to be able to test it or maybe it's like now for whatever reason no longer classified or whatever but that was a really exciting thing because there has not been anything other than rumor and like amateur detectives and like all of that for years and years and years this is like a solid piece of evidence that hopefully could lead to you know, at least an identification, at least a solid suspect, if not a conviction. On to the next thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's shout out time. Shout outs! Is that our, is that our, uh, like, special effect sound? If I remember it again, sure. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, every time she remembers, Diana's going to sing shout outs at shout out time. So what kind of shout outs do we have? Uh, if you'd like to receive a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we do actually have sort of shout outs. Basically, guys, 50,000 plus downloads. We're well over 50,000 at this point. And like just tons of reviews on iTunes. Like you're just so amazing. Thank and, like, you. Not actually tearing up, but like kind of tearing up. <laughs> She's tearing up. I'm tearing up a little bit. It's very cute. I'm just, I feel really... <laughs> I feel really loved for no good reason, and it's really sweet. What do you mean for no good reason? (laughs) You're feeling loved because people are like, hey, we like you. Uh, Yeah, but, you know, I just... uh, Let me love you! (laughs) (laughs) No accounting for taste, but still really like it. We're delightful. (laughs) It's true. We are pretty delightful. (laughs) Also adorable. That's right. So. Don't don't look at the pictures of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, have we posted the picture of your face yet? I think so. I have a great picture of Diana, you guys. <laughs> a great picture I can't wait to share. There is not a situation I can't ruin with my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect, too, and I feel like I should post it without any context because I know exactly what it was because there's a picture right before or after it where I'm making the same face, yeah. <laughs> but... With no context, it's just delightful because I'm totally oblivious to what is happening in your well, it's, world. It is <laughs> such a good picture of you. In fact, that is the one I've been trying to add pictures to my contacts for so it pops up uh-huh. instead of just like EP when you call me. Yeah. And like that is the picture I have is the is your that- half of that picture because <laughs> it's such a good picture of you. <laughs> and it's just hilarious because I 
I was like, I'm going to look at the phone. I'm going to smile. <laughs> and then Diana's like spitting and she God knows what next to me. And I- <laughs> Aaron reconsidered her friendship decisions. <laughs> Just for a second. <laughs> then I joined her. That's right. So... All right, so if you would like to receive a shout-out, please rate and review us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Please feel free to let us know that you have done so so we know to look for it. Yes. We give a shout-out for all reviews, but we like the five-star ones the best. It's true. It's very true. And um, apparently you guys also like the five-star ones the best because our iTunes rating is really Really high. good. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> A special thank you to our Patreon supporters. Woo! Next next week is Patreon Shoutout Week. Yay! Yay! I Yay. love Patreon Shoutout Week. I've got a good story for you next week. Oh. If you would like to support Crime Crazy like the other fine people that do so, please check out our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show. Um, just this week or thereabouts, we were able to take some of our Patreon money and Aaron bought some new equipment. Yay! Although we still have quite a wish list. So don't think that means that like now we're done. <laughs> right. No, we, uh, we've done really well for the, as bare bones of an operation as this is, but right. we'd, we'd like to keep going. And our spouses would like for you to pay for it instead of us for a little while. <laughs> I don't believe I have mentioned the finances of podcasting to my husband over much. Yeah, um, <laughs> mine is willfully ignorant on the topic. But um, regardless of your intent to donate on Patreon, I would highly recommend that you go and see how delightfully witty we are there. <laughs> but also check out our tiers because we have lots of like really cool stuff stuff that we are doing or giving or whatever um and they are funny and clever you can follow crime crazy on social media we're on facebook you can find us at facebook.com slash crime crazy pod from there catch up on the conversation by joining the crime crazy group i bet by the time this is released we will have had our hundredth person. Our hundredth person. Okay. So you know when something is about to happen and you kind of hold your breath waiting for it to happen? I feel like I can't breathe because you people let us get right up to 99 and then nobody brought any friends. So lies. We got to 98. <laughs> either way super special shout out for number 100 yes we are trying to break all the milestones okay come on (laughs) we can do it we can also facebook group facebook group that's what we were just talking about well no i know but facebook group gets exclusive content that's right so if you haven't checked it out yet you should check out our what did we call it did we just call it the ama I am not entirely sure that we called it anything. Seems like an oversight. Yeah, we probably should have. But Diana and I did sort of an AMA, well, it was actually more interview style. Kind of, yeah. um, Question and answer session that was only tangentially (laughs) crime related. (laughs) Um, But just to get to know you kind of thing and posted it. And it was exclusive to our Facebook group. Also to our patrons, because we know not everybody does 
Facebook, but we wanted you to have a couple of avenues. Um, and so, yeah, exclusive content. There are more plans. Yes. There are some tiers in Patreon where you can get in on that action. Yes. So definitely, definitely check that out. Yay. You can also follow us on Twitter at Crime Crazy Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Crime Crazy Pod. You can visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us individually on Twitter. You're at Erin Pline. I'm at Diana underscore Secon. Or on Instagram, you're at E Pline. And I'm at classy underscore broad underscore MSP. Follow us on all, on all of the things. All of the things. Um, and so, yeah, that is our episode for today, except for the most important and actually, honestly, my favorite part, which is, Diana, do you have any advice for us? I do. I'm ready. I have two things. Okay. Um, you never disappoint. <laughs> Call your people. Yes. This you, is a theme. Oh, my God. Know where they are? If they don't show up for like a year or two. Like, it's probably too late, but you know. Right. Like, just try. Yes. We can do better. Yes. Call your people. Like, now. Like, go through your contacts. Do you know who those people are? Have you heard from them lately? Maybe send them a nice text. Right. Hey, listen to a true crime podcast. Thought I'd check and see if you were alive. That is definitely something we say in my <laughs> <laughs> Diana, on your way home, call your people. <laughs> Before texting was a thing, um, I would occasionally get, like, an answering machine message from my mother, like, are you dead? (laughs) (laughs) No, mom. (laughs) So it's a little challenging to trace, like, why I got into true crime. Although we do address that in our exclusive Facebook Patreon content. But I am beginning to learn that it is not at all challenging to trace where Diana's strange obsession (laughs) came from. It's her mom. She and I are going to have to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is too late for that, honey. <laughs> oh, no. Like about because I she will tell you she is not into true crime. She doesn't like gross stuff. She doesn't like horror. She doesn't like any of this stuff. She is mm-hmm. totally puzzled where all of this comes from. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, she she is legitimately puzzled how, th- how this happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no self-awareness about how she is. I, I am not puzzled and I have never met her. <laughs> no, I'm not puzzled either. <laughs> so call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode.